Whoa, things are getting pretty spicy in the markets. L.A. Aiko here, new episode of Trade Talk. Man, it, it, the markets will not uh, cease to continue to push forward, shrugging off um, the Fed's staunch position of cutting back on uh, treasury purchases to the tune of $10 billion. And this is very interesting, in my opinion, um, because it is going to start causing a dollar shortage issue within the U.S. economy, uh, while also exasperating um, Chinese real estate's uh, dollar shortage issue, but giving the Chinese central bank uh, a big dollar surplus. So let's get into the details of what I'm talking about because it could be a foreign concept to a lot of people. And when I say dollar surplus and dollar shortage, I'm speaking more about GDP and those who contribute to the GDP. See, in the U.S., we have what is called a dollar shortage, meaning our exports are less than our imports. Um, in China, they have a dollar surplus, meaning their exports are more than their imports. First, let me kind of give you the reason of this uh, episode. You know, I generally give a thesis and what I intend to do within that thesis and explain uh, the direction. I'm sorry, explain the details of how I come about my direction. Um, so the thesis here is that uh, the dollar shortage in the U.S. is going to cause an issue with uh, not only bond yields, which are Treasury bond yields specifically, uh, but it also caused an issue of um, allowing retailers to think that they can, well, not even think that, they will end up double ordering. And let me get into why I say that. And double ordering matters to me uh, in particular because that situation of having an oversupply on shelves uh, cannot lead to something that is to the benefit of uh, uh, the overall U.S. economy. But let me get into what I mean here and how a person would directionally trade this or how I'm looking to trade it. What I care about in this particular scenario is that, one, um, it starts to lend uh, more strength to my idea that without any intervention in uh, the Chinese real estate market, I know we've been talking about it over and over for many episodes, but again, it's, it's important. Without any intervention in that Chinese real estate market, the fact that there's a dollar shortage there um, creates this problem that, um, you know, those those developers, which in my mind they're creditors, I don't think they're developers, I'm sorry, they're debtors, those developers are going to run into a particular situation of where they are going to have to, they're probably going to have to step away from paying their bonds. Uh, for every time that we have a dollar shortage, meaning there's less dollars to go around, meaning our um, value of the currency goes further up while the Fed is tightening, 
and the reason the Fed is tightening when they reduce uh, their buying, it will make bond yields. Um, bond yields will go up. The reason why bond yields go up is because you're taking the money out of circulation, thereby giving a bigger return for the borrowing or in essence raising rates. So now you're sitting here and you're in this particular scenario of Chinese developers not being able to likely pay. Actually, I don't even want to say likely pay. Excuse me here. I'm speaking too, too fast and loose. The reality is they want to pay, but the bonds are, the bond payments are getting ever more expensive as, as the U.S. dollar uh, strengthens. Okay, so, you know, why do we care? We've spoken about that. Well, why we care is because what's happening uh, with the China Central Bank is that their dollars are going up in surplus, meaning there's a lot of exports that people on our side, the U.S. side, want. Those things are sitting in containers, and it is our job to fix the supply chain issue and get those debt, I mean, those goods, excuse me, into our economy. When those goods get into our economy and they come off the boat, they magically turn into money, U.S. dollars, that goes back to China, to the manufacturers over there. Those manufacturers holding the, those um, dollars don't want the dollars because they, they use yuan in their, in their country, excuse me, and their employees are paid in yuan. So you're going to convert that, those dollars with the China Central Bank into yuan, pay your employees. Well, in this particular scenario, you also see that um, the Chinese developers are trying to grab some of those dollars uh, to, in essence, get them to be traded for yuan, which they have a lot of yuan, uh, so that they can pay off dollar-denominated debt. You can see that this is true from a few episodes ago where you were seeing Chinese, uh, you were seeing developer Evergrande making an effort to get its employees to pretty much help them pay the debt or uh, forfeit parts of salary or, or contribute towards the project. So they're taking that money that was meant towards the project um, and paying those U.S. denominated debts or at least accumulating the money so they can pay those U.S. denominated debts. It's, it, it's really a crazy situation because the more and more um, the U.S. dollar gets stronger, the more and more expensive it gets to pay those debts uh, for the developers. And there's going to be a point where it's just not possible. Um, depending on the, uh, the speed in which we start, we start winding down the Fed buying, which the speed has been pretty, pretty quick, especially in two year uh, treasuries, three year treasuries, five years and 10 years, but specifically two and three years and five, excuse me, in 10 years, they have cut back considerable amount of buying uh, from last month as they've already put out a preliminary survey data this month on the Federal Reserve economic data, Fred, uh, has been reporting. So if you're seeing that, that uh, and, and if, excuse me, now if you're seeing that, seeing that um, is alarming. And 
when I start to see that, if I'm not seeing any interest with the Chinese government in stepping in to um, pretty much save that market of uh, real estate, I, I think that you run into a very dire situation that could not even could will lead to um, complete bankruptcy for uh, those Chinese uh, those Chinese developers. Now, why does that matter? Why is that even being said? And one of the primary reasons it's being said is because we've been in a particular type of situation like this before where the dollar um, was rising and inflation outside of the U.S. Um, was making it very hard for companies in those countries, excuse me, companies in those countries that had dollar-denominated debt to hang on and, and stay productive. Now, if some of those companies are manufacturers, if they are manufacturers, that is, uh, that would be very dire to um, their ability to obviously repay, produce goods, and keep GDP high, which is the dollar surplus. Now, do I think that our do that dollar surplus on the Chinese side could be an issue? Yeah, because uh, the last time there was a lot of Chinese savings, um, it kept the U.S. rates excessively low, and one of those and and those rates being those rates being excessively low is one of the big contributors to the subprime mortgage crisis. Again, why is that happening? You can see how these things are intertwined. For most people, they say it's not intertwined. But remember, inflation in the U.S. is a dire situation outside of the U.S. because another country who has a dollar surplus has, has uh, businesses in that country who have taken out dollar-denominated debt. So our inflation, making our money um, rise, not that it's rising in value, making it cost more to buy, um, will cause an issue in another country because they now have that dollar-denominated debt. We can only afford so much on our side, which we have the deficit, and if we choose to deflate our inflation on our side, it causes them an issue because it increases their obligation for all those dollar-denominated debts as the value of the U.S. currency goes up. I hope people are catching this. You might have to listen to it twice, but that's why I'm going slow. So it could be understood. So you have this... Uh, over savings that is taking place with um, with the Chinese government and their uh, excess of dollars that are being saved. You'll tend to see after that uh, some rolling devaluations that start to happen on the U.S. side, right? You're sitting on uh, these goods that needed to come in that are, le are lending to your dollar shortage. Your only surplus, again, can come back if your consumers choose to buy. Um, your consumers are going to have a harder time buying because 
when you get the deflationary situation, their ability to finance and buy whatever they want to buy slows down. And if the prices are also staying high, it slows down. So how do you balance this out? You tend to only balance it out if you have a shock in, a shock within the environment. A shock within that environment would be something along the lines of um, uh, something that dramatically pushes uh, like home buying down. Uh, something that dramatically pushes uh, um, financing down. Uh, what could that shock be? It could be a, a myriad of things. There's no way to know for sure what it is, just like no one would know that COVID was here or in the Chinese economy. No one would know that over leveraged real estate companies. Like, yeah, did you have an idea? You had an idea, but people have been covering Chinese real estate and it's... um. And it's overextending and lending since uh, 2015, 16. I've definitely covered it since uh, 16, 17. It, takes a while, it took a while before it was even really visible. So it's not easily seen. And the further part that even cloaks this situation even more, and, and again, I want to emphasize so for clarity what's being cloaked here is um, is the shortage of dollars on the U.S. and surplus of dollars on the Chinese. And what cloaks this situation even more is the estimated exports remain strong. Um, as uh, American retailers are saying, demand is here in the U.S. And, and the demand will continue to rise. Even some economists, well, not even all, some economists, the government saying so. Economists are not um, backing the government's notion that demand will, will rise steadily over time. And one of the main reasons they're saying that is because you can just look at the GDP numbers, um, not only consumer price numbers, but look at the GDP numbers. So in the third quarter of uh, 2021, uh, the U.S.'s GDP only grew 2%, while in uh, the quarter before, second quarter, it was uh, 6%. Well, no, 6.7, excuse me. Let me let me correct myself. Uh, China, in comparison, was 4.9% in the third quarter, while it was a 7.9% in the second quarter. So we, we dramatically have, have cut down and slowed down considerably, and that amount of slowdown uh, definitely ties right back into what people are not only not, not only the output of work, but the output of work will also correlate with the ability to spend. And, you know, it's not there. It's slowing down considerably. Um, I just think that, you know, you have to take those things into account when you're looking at what you're going to do with this uh, dollar surplus, dollar shortage issue, surplus on the China side, shortage on the U.S. side. The overarching narrative of why I care or why I'm talking about, excuse me, has more to do with like, how do I look at the market and what do I make my trade out to be? Um, I, for one, would care about making my trade out to be to, to continue to keep my short positions on. And I know I speak about these short positions all the time, but um, 
I'm still limber. I still look at, at long positions. I just am not willing to bite, um, take a big bite out of the long end of um, market outlook. And people continue to do so, and they're very excited about it. Uh, there are days that I think that, wow, I'm completely wrong, and I should really, you know, um, change course. However, again, when you look at these numbers and, and you continue to pay attention to them, you, you come to realize that, that this it's an imminent thing. Now, can you say solvent as long as the market can stay irrational? Of course, that is the challenge that we all face. But while you're getting deflationary pressure and, and, and uh, deflationary immediate actions, for how long can those go unchecked? right? Manipulation will always be there. That's something that is very hard to fight against. Uh, but even the manipulation itself can only go for so long while the real numbers are creeping up. Um, and those real numbers have to cause a shock. And that shock, to, to my opinion, will happen. Um, you know, I, I, I would say that I would just say, you know, I, I have to take a pause. And I took that pause because I, I was trying to put the right words to put this together, but I, I don't have them. I'm simply just saying surplus in China, shortage in the U.S. of dollars, shortage of dollars in Chinese real estate. It's not changing. The GDP numbers furthermore prove it. It continues to creep up. And there has been a substantial change in uh, the Federal Reserve buying and auctioning treasuries. It is noticeable. It has changed in the data. And the data should catch up to the marketplace. And I still anticipate a, um, a weaker than expected fourth quarter. Um, and actually, to add to this episode, even the affirm position that we were speaking about did play out well. Affirm beat its numbers, but there's still, uh, to my opinion, some uncertainty out there because it it has to continue into the fourth quarter, and for one, the supply chain being broken, but two though people are still going to consume with that supply chain being broken, um, when do those items come off the port? I know that in Long Beach specifically, they're working round the clock to ensure that the items come off, off the port and are available for retailers. Have, have, has, excuse me, the demand been exhausted, at least from a pure dollar standpoint? And what happens to an affirm or an afterpay when there's a noticeable tightening? Because we've had to tighten in uh, November. We will continue to tighten in December. Um, and they're looking around to see, well, how does the market react to this? I mean, in my next episode, I'm really going to speak about yields and inflation. Um, because yields and inflation are something that historically have 
tied in a, in a very interesting way that indicates a sharp recession. I just don't want to get into it in this episode because it would become too dreary and confusing. Uh, but please tune into the next episode. That way you can see and understand the continuation of this conversation and have a breather. And I think it should tie in a bit better for you um, as to why I'm taking the stance that I'm taking and uh, continuing to stick to my guns. I uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, another episode of Trade Talk Down. Sorry that this was more complicated, um, but I don't think that going contrarian to this market as well as just being able to be steadfast within all of this is something that can just be explained in a simplified manner. And um, I, I care about this complicated manner and why I choose it. But again, I want to emphasize uh, there's still long positions. It's just that I will not, like most, buy the dip, set it and forget it, and let it keep running. Um, the numbers don't support doing so, and I can only think from a rational brain, as I know most people are speaking, thinking from a speculative brain, that you know things go up and they will work out, because they'll always shake out. Uh, but there's only so many moves that uh, one can take in um, the federal system. And you are seeing the Chinese government also running out of particular types of moves. And most of all, you can see that uh, real estate developers have run out of moves. And beforehand, they were using a bunch of tactics um, to try to avoid some of these issues because, you know, business owners know that these issues are on the horizon. Um, governments know that these issues could happen and they may be on the horizon. It's all about the effective manner in which they use to tackle those things. So I look forward to uh, being vindicated and proven right. Uh, and, I, and I hold and sit steadfast. And I thank you again for tuning in. LAA Co-Out, Trade Talk.